Lloyd. Hi, Rob. Indeed. Tis I, Rob. <laughs> hi, Rob. You are hi, Rob. There's regular Rob and there's hi, Rob. Uh, I wish. 9am, Saturday morning. Hi, as a guy. Not a care in the world. How's it going? <laughs> it would be fine, but in reality, it's terrible. No, it's all good. How are you? Uh, wonderful, mate. <laughs> Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. That sounds like a straight up lie. Yep. That's what I am. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Season two. We're up to episode seven of the Unintelligent Chat Show podcast. This is a pod blast. With Robin Lloyd. <laughs> That's us. Just in case I forgot. <laughs> no way. Those guys? <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> well, one of them. <laughs> oh, God. Which one? Let that hang for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so last week you were on the waters because of no, not like on a boat in on the rapids you were I'm drinking on a boat, motherfucker, <laughs> take a look at me uh, mermaids and shit no dolphins doing flips and shit last week you were on the waters because of a deep deep hangover as a result of a drinking game oh, well it's, it's your own fault really it wasn't a game. That was a drinking war. <laughs> Ooh, sounds serious. This week, I assume you've recovered. I'm back on the smooth and delicious and impossible to compare Gwyneth. <laughs> Guinness's younger cousin, Gwyneth. Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Please don't As- compare Gwyneth Paltrow to my beloved Irish beverage. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm, I'm glad you're back on the proverbial horse. We wouldn't and want you getting old now. <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> and broken. <laughs> oh, it man. is, as we say, perennial daytime where you are. Mm. Are you partaking in a beverage? I am. You, in your infinite wisdom and kindness, purchased me a beer subscription for an unknown amount of time. They keep turning up. It already seems like more than I paid for, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I have a beer from the third shipment. Exciting. Which I assume Tell is the more. last. Otherwise, I owe you big time. I paid for three, so if yeah, more comes. <laughs> that would be exciting. We all win. It is a lime zest go- goose. Ghost. 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 A ghost. It could go... Goes in. Oh, you know, I ordered one of these at a restaurant the other day. Oh, Not really? A, a ghost? specific lime one. And I said ghost and she corrected me and I can't remember what she said. <laughs> really? Because I thought it was ghosts. I was just being funny for the podcast. What's it actually called, Lloyd? Oh, I can't remember. It was at Sam Adams Brewery. Great brewery. And it was spelt G-O-S-E. Yeah, it was that exact bit. It was great. And maybe maybe she said ghost and I said something else. Oh, but- I pronounced it. Goza. Goza. Thank you. Did I say I pronounced it? I Googled it. And then I pronounced <laughs> yeah, it, I wasn't guess. sure what you meant. It, it says, rhymes yeah. with nose, adding a uh to the end. <laughs> that, that's not how rhymes work. <laughs> no, like goes, nose, add, and then it says add an uh to the end. So, rhymes with nose, then add an uh. Yeah, I know, but you can't just, you can't say it rhymes with a thing if you add a thing. <laughs> okay, anyway, well, it sounds like this. Oh. Clip crisp. And it's, yeah. oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> You good? 
<laughs> so I smelt it and it has a strong tang. Mm. And then, you know, when you crack a beer, sometimes a little bit gets on, on the top of it. I smelt yep. it very closely and it went up my nose. <laughs> went up my nose. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Goes up my nose. <laughs> uh, it has a strong tang and it tastes thus. Oh, yeah, sweet. It's kind of just like um, alcoholic lemonade. Mm. I feel like a, a lime beer can either go no, really nice and, and <laughs> really, really nice and uplifting, or it can just taste like a really shit beer with an aftertaste of lime. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's I, th- I thought I would pick the fruitiest one for the morning. Uh, and yeah, that's practically a smoothie. No, no, it's not the one. Ah, man, I've had some good smoothie beers that are basically just breakfast juice with alcohol. Oh, what was you had one before that was like cherry? Apple oh, I had pie like a berry pie one and yeah. it was deep purple and sweet mm. and delicious god anyway those are the things we're drinking you live really far away i live really far away the format's getting stale i don't know what do you want to do lloyd <laughs> maybe we should change it in season three but for now <laughs> i still don't know how far it is oh my goodness what a surprise well lloyd <laughs> have i got some news for you i think i've got the lowest number we've done oh can you tell me the number and i'll try and guess it uh, it's one the distance between Perth and Boston. It's one? Uh, one times the distance between Perth and Boston. It's the- uh, It was a joke. Don't worry about it. No, the number is 5.667. Oh, oh my God. That's still so low. Okay. 5.667. And uh, there is a thinly veiled segue. Okay. Shit. I mean, that's still like- Nope. That would something be Something that's 3,000 kilometers long. That was, I couldn't that was some good quick maths. Thanks. I don't know. I yeah, honestly, well, like, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I can't think of anything kilometers. that big. Uh, is it Australia's? <laughs> like pretty close. It is 5.667 times a different distance. So it's 5.667 times the distance between Perth, which is where I reside, and a place called Manila in New South Wales, which is almost Ooh. the whole width of Australia. So yeah, you're okay. pretty close. That's actually quite good. I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. I need to uh, that and that, that distance itself is 3,298.895 kilometers. And if you take 5.667 of those, you get all the way to Boston. Boston. Interesting. You know what? You, you've unstaled it by mixing up the medium a little bit. It's not just a thing. It's a distance. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that much better? I couldn't think it's of anything, refreshed. so I thought of another distance. <laughs> No, it's refreshed. Yeah, oh, perfect. I'm back. We're back in. We're back in the game, Lloyd. We're back. We did it. <laughs> the Unintelligent Chat Show podcast rises again. So, your segue was Our was segue, good. Lloyd. Our segue was good. I liked it a lot. So, Lloyd, based on that distance to a random place called Manila in New South Wales, what did you learn about this week? I learned about a woman named Eva Visniesca. Oh, what do you think? Yeah. Did you look that up or did you just... No, I'm just reading it. I just like Polish people, like, they don't say the Ws, right? Yeah, because I was just going to straight up say that her name was Iwa Wisniewska. <laughs> Iwa. I like Iwa. Iwa sounds like a cute alien that you would meet. Iwa. Iwa. Wiwa, wiwa. <laughs> anyway, she's um, a wonderful person. So, I, I learned about Eva because Eva Do you reckon was- it's Eva? You really hung up on this. I'm just going to Google it. It took me a long time to read the name. Like, who that lady? Eva name. I just actually typed Eva. (laughs) Eva. Name. Pronunciation. All right, there's a YouTube video. Uh, Oh, the intro was like, the following video is brought Uh. to you by (laughs) pronouncenames.com. That sounds Uh, as bad as celebrityheights.com. 
<laughs> it's Ava. Ava. So not Eva and not Ewa, but Ava. Okay, good. Now that we've got that okay. straightened out, please get yeah, on with okay. the podcast. <laughs> so the reason that I learned about Ava is because she was sucked up into a big old storm. <laughs> and that's a fact. big old Let's stormy boy. A big old, big old blowy rainy boy. So Eva is a professional. Ava. Ava. Fucking hell. <laughs> we just we spent so long on it. <laughs> Ava go straight back to Iwa Wiwa. <laughs> Iwa Wiwa is a professional paraglider and a member of the German paragliding team that won multiple paragliding World Cups. That uh, didn't really I know didn't that know was existed. a thing. <laughs> no, me neither. We are ignorant uh, but in the world of paragliding. She is mostly famous for surviving an accident while paragliding in which she was uh, sucked into the sky to an wow. altitude of... 10,000 meters and endured just like a bunch of shit that I'll that, get into and survived. How high is that? Oh, I'm going to get to how high that is, Rob, Ooh. don't you worry. Uh, are you All also right, going so, to acknowledge our segue? <laughs> I will get to that as well. Oh my God, sorry, I'll shut up. So she was sucked into a cumulonimbus, which you might know how to pronounce better than that. Cumulonimbus. No, but I thoroughly enjoyed Good. that that's what it was. Cumulonimbus cloud. One more described. Time. Cumulonimbus. <laughs> Cum- cumulonimbus. C- C- oh, maybe that's right. Cumulo. 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 Oh. There's a joke there somewhere. <laughs> nope. Carry on. She was sucked into a cumulonimbus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will let you read in or listen into that as you will. <laughs> uh, okay. So, that type of cloud is just. <laughs> what type? <laughs> That type we just mentioned. Oh, good. It is described as a, te- a dense, towering vertical cloud forming from water vapor carried by powerful upward air currents. That sounds like a serious and cloud. these clouds have been referred to as thunderheads. Oh, you stole my yeah. bit. Oh, do it again. Thunderheads. Carry on. Yeah, love it. So these clouds can create lightning, severe weather. They can conjure up tornadoes. And make it sound like cloud, this cloud is like an evil character and something. It's conjuring. Well, up. It's, it's done a lot of mean, mean things. <laughs> done a lot of ouchies. So inside the cloud can also reach minus fifty degrees C, which I think at that temperature it's pretty much the same in Fahrenheit. But pretty chilly. Like, it's very chilly. So the accident. Bum, bum, bum. On Valentine's Day in 2007, yep. in spite of weather reports mm. that heralded the presence of violent thunderstorms, mm. Ava decided to fly up and train anyway because the 2007 Paragliding World Cup was being held and she was in... <gasps> Manila, the Manila. capital of the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait a second. Uh, she was in New South Wales mm-hmm. in australia mm. and she flew up despite these reports other people flew up as well but um her issue was that she went up late so other people oh. already landed and she was too close to the time the thunderstorm was hitting yeah and while paragliding she was sucked into the ascending cloud sucked into the cumulum nimbus <laughs> exactly um she was unable to maneuver her way out because i guess they have some controls on their paragliding you know so <laughs> the whole sport yeah. is just all chance <laughs> yep <laughs> she was sucked Here up we go. to an to an altitude of <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> 
<laughs> to an altitude of just shy of 10,000 meters or 32,500 feet. That is and hard. I will now put that into perspective for you, Rob. That is a whole kilometer higher than the peak of Everest. Wow. She's really high. <laughs> she was baked at the time. <laughs> Uh, Whoa, it's, this is crazy. <laughs> it's also 0.00053 times the distance between us. Wow. <laughs> Quick maths. Makes it sound short. What did she even, what was the problem? Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the issue there? <laughs> so she technically, I think that is the edge of our atmosphere. So It's so high. How'd she not die? So she was wearing a GPS. The reason we have all this information mm. is she had a GPS on. So we mm-hmm. could actually see like- the, the tracking of her getting sucked up into the sky. Yeah. Uh, it showed that she hit vertical speeds of 77 kilometers an hour, which is <laughs> ins- insane. That's too fast for a paraglidey thing. Yeah. She passed out from oxygen deprivation. Fair enough. There's no oxygen up there. <laughs> Makes and sense. she ended up stranded on top of the cloud. So she's still in the storm, but she's like, like floating on the surface. She's of like it. blowing around on top. Right, in the outer limits of our stratosphere. Hectic. Unbelievably, she woke up and was conscious enough to take in the fact that she was still in a real bad situation, managed to grab the handles of the paraglider, even though she said that her hands, her whole body was numb. She couldn't feel anything. Fair enough, because it's also real cold up there. Yeah. Uh, and managed to maneuver her way out of the storm. She ended up landing three and a half hours after takeoff <laughs> and- 60 kilometers from her starting position far out yeah and amazingly she obviously was immediately sent to hospital and the doctors were like honestly you're actually fine and they sent her home a couple hours later there was nothing wrong (laughs) really yeah that is chaos and to this day she runs a paragliding instructor's school and also does like life coaching and motivational talks on the side yeah anyone i feel like that's like a a career like you have to do it if you've had some kind of near-death experience you then have to become a motivational speaker right yeah i don't know if it's a perk or a con but (laughs) yeah not sure (laughs) probably depends that is incredibly lucky it's also very high and very cold and ridiculous yes i mean i i think she could not doubt that luck played a factor but she is also one tough motherfucker oh yeah so you said she reached vertical speeds of 70 something k's an hour I read that that was ascent, so her GPS or onboard computer or whatever on the paraglider thing was tracking that. So upwards, 77 k's an hour. Descent, 120 k's an hour. Whoa. (laughs) It's too fast for a parachute. Paraglide. I'm actually not- Well, she was keen to get out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go. (laughs) I have done enough sucking and blowing. Paragliding is something that I would fucking love to do, but I don't think that I would do it enough- enough like skydiving to build up the skills and confidence to ever do it well it's just like a what's the difference between paragliding and parachuting you parachuting is the person on the ground <laughs> trying to <laughs> damn it lloyd paragliding versus parachuting in skydiving oh. it's called a parachute jump in paragliding the objective is to glide as long as possible yeah you go further forwards right in parachuting yeah, you just I guess go, so. yeah. it does look pretty cool it would be fun yeah and <laughs> unless you got sucked up into a cumulum num num the Kamalama Nimbus. You don't want one of them. <laughs> Nobody does. It's crazy. I can't believe she survived. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that's what I have on Ava. Uh, if you're listening, Ava, welcome to come on the podcast. We'd love to hear ah, more about it. That'd be fun. Do you want to come and motivate us? We could do with it. 
<laughs> Life is miserable. No, this lacking. is my only outlet. No, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have some, some offshoots? Yeah. That was pretty short and to the point. Yeah, it's good. I loved it. She survived. Someone else was not so lucky in the same storm. Oh, yeah. I actually have it written down, but I forgot to say it. Go for it. Ah, sure. At the same time, there was a Chinese... I actually can't remember if he was a tourist or if he was part of the paragliding World Cup training session uh, called He Zong Pin, who was found 75 kilometers from his launch site dead, most likely suffocated or froze to death. <laughs> and there was an unfortunate quote from the article I was reading that was maybe it's only unfortunate because of my insensitive interpretation. But anyway, we assume he was taken to an altitude where he may have suffocated and may have become radically chilled. <laughs> so chill, brah. God, I'm so chill right now. But but radically chilled. Radically chilled. So she was incredibly lucky because someone else died in the same storm. So it's a hectic storm. Yeah, and that's why I had it mentioned it because that shows how severe the storm was. Yeah, it's crazy. So when she landed, she I read that she was covered in ice, had severe potential frostbite, and also massive bruising from giant hailstones in the middle of the oh. storm. God, that sounds so bad. Yeah, can you imagine? Oh, it's crazy. And um, one of the reasons that they thought that she survived is because she passed out. So being Ah. unconscious slows down all of your vital functions and somehow got her through the cold and the lack of oxygen and all that stuff. So sometimes the human body is incredible. Yeah. Other times, like waking up and having pain, it's terrible. (laughs) Just sleeping wrong and now my back hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, yeah, sleeping wrong and not being able to move. I think- Maybe that's just us. <laughs> no, Eva she's... was a professional paraglider. She'd probably be uh, in shape. Ooh, who's that? I think you mean Ava? Ava. Fucking hell, I'm never going to get it. I'm Ava. just going to call it Iwa. <laughs> Iwa Wiwa. Good. Iwa Wiwa. And she just, some other things I read, she described trying to fly around the clouds. She, she knew there was a storm. She tried to go around it, but got sucked into it and had zero control until she passed out. So everything was dark. She could hear lightning and hail all around her. And then she passed out. You would have thought you were going to die. Definitely. That's terrifying. She probably woke up on top and was like, this is the afterlife. Yeah. Wow. Heaven is beautiful. Look how high up I am. Oh, no. (laughs) 120Ks an hour down to ground. (laughs) 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 Can I imagine that's what you would do? I would do that. I don't ever want to be in the sky again. I make noises when I ride motorbikes. I imagine I would definitely make noises. (laughs) (laughs) In a paragliding accident. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, I can't believe she was above the height of Mount Everest. Also, you know, oh, that's, that's around jumbo jet cruising altitude. Yeah, because it's 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 mind bogglingly. People die from oxygen deprivation climbing Mount Everest and she yeah. passed out. up yeah. there. Just floated Amazing. around a little bit. Imagine if you were jumbo jetting through that storm and you just saw a paraglider out the window <laughs> while you while you were counting Frankensteins just- along the ground. You're just like, oh, <laughs> check it out. What a plane ride that would be. It's a throwback to our last episode. Yeah, I've got a great memory for one week. Just, ago. just, just Ava dangling from a paraglider <laughs> or a paraglider, and then you lose count, uh, and you're like, "How am I going to do the podcast? Because I can't count the Frankenstein's because I was a paraglider. Ah, oh, it's all gone to hell." So, is is she the paraglider? What's the the implement called? Is that also a paraglider? Uh, the paraglido. Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, no, I, I reckon they're both the paraglider, or is she right. the paraglide? Dist. <laughs> Paraglado. Great question. Uh, we need to have her on the show to ask. It says, 
Paragliding is a sport in which the players fly using paragliders. These paragliders are light. There is a harness in the paraglider on which the paraglider sits. <laughs> Paraglider, glidey, glidey, glide. <laughs> they need different names. We'll bring Ava on and we'll, we'll pitch some. Yeah, we'll sort it out. And um, then she can take it to the World Paraglider Glider Glider Association. And they can sort yeah. it out. Uh, I've got two. There's so many, but I picked two of um, crazy shit people have survived. <laughs> crazy shit people have survived. Yes, please. Tell me more. My first one is impressive. My second one is funny. So I'm going to start with impressive. Perfect. Uh, Jul- Julianne Diller was mm-hmm. 17 when her aircraft broke up in a storm and she fell two miles into oh. a rainforest while attached to her seat. I know this one. My wife has told me about this story. It's amazing. It, it's, it's she was crazy. the only survivor. There's, I think there's a movie about it or a documentary, a well-made Probably. documentary about it. She was the only survivor. She had, had a broken collarbone, one eye completely swollen shut, the other one she could see like a slit out of. She had a gash on her arm and her legs, so she was bleeding. Uh-huh. She had no survival skills at all, but her father was a biologist or anthropologist or something in that field, and she remembered him saying at some point, find water and follow it, and it'll, nice. eventually you'll find people. Yeah. So she followed a river for nine... She's 17. She's in the fucking Amazon. That's wild. She followed a river for nine days. She found a small hut, like a leaf-thatched hut, mm-hmm. and inside was just like an old onboard two-stroke motor and some gasoline. Really? And she used the gasoline to clean... She had maggots, and her, obviously she's in the oh, Amazon. It's gross. super humid. She used the gasoline to kill all the ba- maggots and bacteria in her cut. Mm. And so <laughs> what I read is that she passed out and luckily the next day farmers who I guess used that hut or that area found her and she was sent back to her father because her mother was on the plane. So her mum died and she still had the strength to survive all this. Yeah. And uh, and said at some point she like didn't get, give up. She was following this river and uh, just like jumped in and floated like kind of gave up. was like, I'm fucked. I'm going to float down the river, see if it gets me anything further and I don't die, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's in what a what a spirit, amazing. Yeah, now that a funny is impressive. Story. <laughs> now the funny one. <laughs> this is also impressive, but it's just funny how it happens. Margaret mm. Guire. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she was on a cruise liner in 1915, and it was torpedoed by a German U-boat. Unlucky. It was sinking. She was separated from her husband and ended up trapped, treading water. Oh. She was then sucked into a whirlpool, <laughs> and then. No. Sucked into one of the smokestacks, you know, like the old sh- old ships had those big like chimneys on. As it was going down, it would have created. Yeah, a- yeah, damn. And then there was an explosion, <laughs> and she was shot out of the smokestack. <laughs> no, surely not. Where, where she w- was found on the surface of the water, and she was rescued. And she was rescued by the boat that had her sobbing husband on it, who she consoled, but he didn't recognize her because she was literally covered in soot. <laughs> that is genuinely unbelievable she was shot out of a fucking cannon <laughs> sucked into a whirlpool into a smokestack and shot out and survived like great job it seems like all of the wildly impressive survival stories are powerful women yeah men, men just give up we're just like well this is the end see ya <laughs> i was also thinking about her She's treading water, right? And at that yeah. point, you're thinking, "Well, I'm gonna die." But yeah. it, like, you get then you get sucked into a whirlpool, and then you're like, "All right, now I'm panicking because the death is happening now." Yeah. Then you get smoke <laughs> sucked into a smokestack, and you're like, "Okay, now it's dark. I'm claustrophobic. Everything's yeah. terrible." 
and then all of a sudden you see Bam! blue skies, you fly <laughs> through the air. That oh would have been nuts. Lord. Great job. Yeah. Yeah, beats. I've got nothing else fun to talk about. That's should have ended on that. I should have done my <laughs> dumb shit in between. <laughs> All right, I got I got a couple things on on weather, but what do you what, what do you got? Let's, <laughs> got let's a couple rotate. things on weather. Just a little bit of education before we wrap up. Yeah, I think you covered most of my fun facts about Iwa Iwa. There was a documentary made about her experience. It was called Miracle in the Storm, Ooh. and it actually won a bunch of awards. It was nominated for Most Outstanding Factual Program in 2011 Logies, and it won Best Cinematography in a Documentary in the 2010 Australian Film Institute Awards. That's great, because the Logies is Australian as well, right? No idea. I don't know or care. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to everyone that cares. <laughs> I don't know. And then my other, my other fun fact was about the Kumalo Nimbus clouds, which you already covered. I really thought you weren't going to do that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah, I got excited about it. <laughs> Me too. So I wrote the storm cloud in question. And then I was like, in questioning? Like, is the cloud a suspect in this case? It did murder someone. <laughs> Where is she, cloud? <laughs> and attempted murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> Just above me. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> So, Cumulonimbus is an innocent name, actually, Lloyd. It's based in Latin, obviously, rather than whatever you were thinking. Ah, hey now. (laughs) Uh, And it means- You're a rock star. (laughs) It means heaped rainstorm. Oh, pretty good. Like, fuck, brah, heaps of rainstorm, eh? (laughs) (laughs) That's not- that's that's my best Latin. (laughs) Julia Caesar, that's going to be heaps of rain today. Oh, that's a good one. We should name it that. <laughs> Let's also make it a little dirty. So, <laughs> you covered Thunderheads. Some more weather terms. Cumulonimbuses. Nimbies? N- nim- Cumulonimboners occur from over... <laughs> t- <laughs> What's the plural of cumulonimbus? Uh, Cumulonimboners, I think. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'm not sure why it was funnier when you said it. <laughs> so matter of fact, I thought maybe you were going to give me a proper option. <laughs> oh, you know, it's obviously the Camelo Nimbonas rub. <laughs> I liked it. I liked the bonus. It got me. Got me. <laughs> I liked the bonus. It got me. <laughs> uh, What's your fucking fact? <laughs> can't remember anymore. <laughs> All right, so if you've got multiple cumulonimbonas, they occur from over, <laughs> overdeveloped, enlarged or engorged, you could say, uh, <laughs> cumulus, <laughs> cumulus oh, congestus fuck. clouds, which is a different kind of cloud. And then if you got yourself a bit of a cumulonimbus, it can further develop as part of, so we had thunderheads, it can further develop as part of a supercell. So basically, I think we're well on our way to being, <laughs> I was going to say professional meteorologists, maybe like porn star meteorologists is better. Oh, that's a new new subgenre of job. Horror movie. Have. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> horror movie. <laughs> did you see any pictures of cumulonimbies? I did. They are some impressive clouds. They are indeed towering infernos. And like, weirdly enough, I say that a lot. I like a good impressive cloud, but they are impressive clouds. I also like impressive clouds. A mutual friend of ours and I coined dramatic cloud. Dramatic cloud. Nice. It's a cloud that is dramatic. It is a dramatic cloud. that's fair enough. 
the, well, these are the pinnacle of dramatic clouds. The, the dra- they're, they're very impressive. The dramatocloudists. Dramatist cloud. Anyway, we'll move on. I also read that she saw those two clouds, one smaller, one larger, and she mm. watched the larger cloud envelop the smaller one, and that must have been like the stacking you were talking about. Yeah, and then she was like, this- I'm just going to keep flying into that. That looks good. Gonna get a closer look. <laughs> <laughs> so fast. <laughs> oh, I can picture her face as well. <laughs> yeah. Good. Oh, well, what else have you got on meteorology? You said you had more cloud facts for me. Not cloud, but weather. Give me some weather facts and then I'll finish off with the silly stuff I did at the end. All right. One of them is from Oman. Ooh. Mm-hmm. In 2017, Oman recorded a temperature of 45 degrees Celsius. As their daily low temperature. Oh, no. <laughs> well set up. I was like ready to be like, Pause. it's been 45 here for weeks. <laughs> pause for dramatic effect. Yeah, solid pause. That sucks. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> In Magnum, Oklahoma, great town name. Great town name. Uh, they had a temperature of 38 degrees Celsius. And then three days later, it snowed. Oh, God, I wish that would happen here. Yeah. And then I have two two weathers from <laughs> our solar system. Ooh, two castrated sheep from our solar system. Is that what? Is that a weather? <laughs> I think so. I didn't know that. You learned something new. Look at this. Look <laughs> at this podcast go. Before that, we knew everything we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> so on Saturn, mm. they have like they the people of Saturn <laughs> um, have lightning that is 10,000 times more powerful than the lightning we have here. Ouch, that would hurt. It would indeed. And then on Neptune, mm, the blue the blue, blue thing, yep. uh, the furthest planet from the sun Ooh. has the fastest winds in the solar system. I guess we're not talking about Pluto, but that's fine. Do you want to hit me with a guess on what you think the fastest winds in the solar system? Are we talking in kilometers per hour or meters per second? kilometers per hour uh 640 k's an hour no 2100 kilometers an hour. <laughs> that's too fast <laughs> or the equivalent of 1.6 times the speed of sound imagine the face you'd have to make to go that fast <laughs> <laughs> you'd be going so fast that your yelling would be behind you <laughs> yes what would that even look like or feel like or sound like <laughs> Uh, I guess I fucking, guess you wouldn't be making any noise. I'll just make the face into the mic. Fucking Ava would be flying over there. And she'd go, I'm going to get a piece of that. Yeah. I want in. <laughs> Let me into this. some of them wins. I'll show them survival. <laughs> Those fools. <laughs> then I'll have uh, some inspirational, motivational things to talk about. <laughs> during my paragliding trip to space. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a trip to talk about. All right. Hit me with some silliness. So the only thing I wanted to talk about was the town of Manila in New South Wales. Oh, good, good offshoot. So as previously mentioned, it's not the capital of Philippines. It is a shitty little town in New South Wales. Ostracizing the Manila listeners there. Yeah, that's fine. There's only, <laughs> there's only 2,500 of them. Our listening base is... <laughs> Far bigger than that. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I must so, have looked at the wrong stats. I was confused. It's in Manila. thought it was the capital of the Philippines. It's not. Then I looked at the map. It's adjacent to somewhere in Australia called New Mexico. I got confused again. And then further down the road, there was a place called Wongo Creek. And I was like, all right, we're definitely in Australia. Yeah, that's definitely in Australia. Yeah, so, it's, so it's all good. So I looked up Manila on aussietowns.com.au. Good website. If you ever need to learn 
anything about your nearest Aussie town. We'll add that to celebrityheightsandpronouncenames.com. <laughs> so many good websites. Manila is described as a quiet rural service center in a rich wheat growing, wool, mixed farming and fat lamb district at the junction of the Namoy and Manila rivers. Uh, do we just do a little bit of sheep shaming there? Why are they called fat yeah. lambs? That's, I was thinking that. That's harsh. Yeah, <laughs> just threw it in there. Service center, they've got a bunch of wheat. They do wool and they've got a bunch of fat lambs. Idiots. They have an obese lamb problem. It's unfortunate. The local indigenous language, the name means winding river. Oh, I like that. Which, which is quite nice. So it seems like a you know pretty chill little place. And then, oddly enough, it is recently weirdly famous due to this accident that we are just learning about and the work of apparently one guy called Godfrey Wenis or Venice. No, Wenis. Well, he's Australian, I guess. So it's Godfrey Wenis. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Godfrey Weenus and the Kamala Nimboners. <laughs> oh, we are children. Yep. So he, for some reason, has developed the nearby Mount Bora into a into something that is <laughs> the opposite of Bora-ing. <laughs> it's an outstanding paragliding destination. And so this little town in New South Wales is weirdly famous for that. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I think if they were holding the World Cup there, it must... Yeah, I guess, some, I guess it must pedigree. have some good wind and height. As long as you don't paraglide right into a storm. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that. Uh, and that's it. There is literally nothing else to see here. Good. I in lied. this episode? Uh, in in this town. I lied. There was a, like a weirdly long set of dot points on the Aussie Towns page about the history of the local area. And it was all super boring. <laughs> See what I did. How many more are you going to get out of that? No, that's it. That's the end. I wrote nothing else because I got I got bored. One more. Okay, that was good. That's everything I learned in relation to Iwawiwa and her flying into a storm. Thank you to Iwawiwa. Yeah, we appreciate your service to our podcast. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, if you want to chat, come on. So look, oddly enough, Lloyd, it would be time for a new segment. But uh, <laughs> I don't think we have one this week. No, we don't. And that's because we, we would love to do and, and ask Sean, uh, but she's on holiday. Yeah, she's retired and on a holiday. Like, come on. She doesn't uh, prescribe to our deadlines, so that's okay. Yeah. So, in lieu of that, Lloyd, I've come up with a surprise new segment for you. Oh, my goodness. This is exciting. Isn't because it just? I generally have no idea what you're talking about. I know. I know. I thought I would I thought I, I thought I'd do something a little spontaneous, you know, just bring a little spice back to the podcast. Spicy. What you got? Spicy. All right. So, in this new segment. Oh, now uh, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, it's going to be fine. You're well prepared. There's two of us. You're in Boston. I'm in Perth. And you are going to ask me what I learned this week. Oh, cool. <laughs> you got it. I came up with nothing. Rob, Rob what did you burn this week? Burn? Oh, shit. <laughs> I got it wrong. <laughs> you ruined the segment. I guess we'll just move on with the rest of the normal podcast. <laughs> genuinely was excited for a surprise segment. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought about it yesterday uh, and then I had some beers and didn't do anything about it. And here we are. <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm, not mad, I'm not mad about it. Just a little. You, you built me up and then let me down. Isn't that how our normal mid podcast segments go, though? I thought I would be in keeping with the theme. That's true. They are built up to be nothing. Hmm. So what did you learn this week? Yeah, sorry about that. This week, Lloyd, I learned that Sony, the brand, uh -oh. from as opposed to 
our mate Sony. <laughs> what a name. Sony Jim. Sony's PlayStation was originally intended to be the first Nintendo console. Nah, oh, oh, damn it. That is a missed opportunity right there. I'm sorry, everyone. Sony's PlayStation was originally intended to be the first Nintendo. <laughs> damn it. God, I feel like I've actually ruined this episode now. First, I messed up I- the middle of the podcast and then I just missed that joke. I might be able to edit that joke to make sense for you if you want. No, no. It's probably better now that I fucked it up. So, the PlayStation <laughs> 1 was intended to be Nintendo. Nin- Nintended to be the first Nintendo console that supported CD-ROMs. So, we're back in right. the 90s. And it was going to originally be called the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Dash CD. <laughs> Just in case you weren't clear as to what they were doing. And this is in the early 90s. So... Unfortunately, the joint venture failed. I guess Nintendo and Sony had a bit of a falling out. Uh, And so Sony decided to venture out on their own into the wild world of gaming with the idea and released the PlayStation 1 in December 1994 in Japan and September 1995 in the US. So this was Sony's actual first venture into video games. I think so. That's how I read it. Could be That's wrong. a pretty good debut. Yeah, like, great job. Like, I remember playing a PlayStation 1. I never owned one because, I don't know, I was deprived Me or either. something. But um, I've played one. And for the early 90s, that is that's yeah. amazing. I yes. remember playing Need for Speed on Steve's PlayStation 1, and it was oh. epic. Like, Need for Speed, like, high stakes on one of the early ones? Yeah, 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 exactly. It was, just like, so the, the first, like, police one. Ah, so good. Top I had pursued. that on PC. Yeah. So... The release of the PlayStation 1, their first foray into console gaming, was met with significant critical acclaim and also impressive sales. Hmm. And some of the original PlayStation release games, so the first games on the first PlayStation, are still wildly popular and have all had approximately, you know, one to two million sequels each. And you know the games I'm talking about. We've got your Final Fantasies, we've got your Crash Bandicoots, we've got your Tekkens, all of those classic games that are now up to, you know, version... 8,695,000. Yeesh. People still play them. It's great. And I found this quite interesting. The OG PlayStation 1 was produced and sold for 10 years. Whoa. That's a really long time. So I guess in the 90s, like, technology is moving quick, but not what it is like now. You know, like, the speed of technology improvement is exponential, right? So at that time, lower down on the curve. So it was produced for 10 years until 2005 when it was finally like fully superseded by the ever classic PlayStation 2 and other competitive 64-bit gaming systems. Yeah. And the PlayStation the PS2 is what we we first gamed on together. Yeah. Great console. PS2 was actually released in the year 2000, but they produced the PlayStation 1 for 5 more years because it was so popular. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? Like, your product's so good that you've superseded it, but people still want to buy the original. Yeah, that's really cool. Good job, Sony. Yeah. Like, the PlayStation 1 was so successful that it is still the sixth highest selling game console of all time. And that is, like, 2022 accurate. And that's nuts, because there's been five PlayStations, as many Xboxes, Nintendo's brought out the Wii and the Switch and the Wii U. Yeah, that's that's. Six, sixth on the list of consoles. Guess how many units that means sold in the ballpark. Ooh, 10 million. 102.4 million. <laughs> oh my God, that's so many. It's a lot of PlayStation 1s. Wow. 
Can you imagine if the first PS1 had gone ahead as the Super Nintendo Entertainment System dash CD? Maybe they would never have made PlayStations. Yeah. Can't imagine life without PlayStation. I'm sad just thinking about it. (laughs) It's all right. Cheer up, Lloyd. It didn't happen. It's not some (sighs) weird alternate universe. Oh, maybe that'll happen in the multiverse. PlayStation. That's the only thing that's different is PlayStationless world. Uh, I think that would spawn a lot. It would be one of those... Throwback. It'd be one of those butterfly Every, things. Where everything one was the thing, same yeah. until 1990, and then it's the apocalypse after. That. <laughs> everything ends horribly. <laughs> yeah. PlayStation Two, classic console that we, you know, formative years, I suppose. Yeah. For us playing stupid games, now we just play stupid games in a different way. It's fine. We're still we're still adults. Guess where that? So PS One, sixth highest selling console of all time. Still, guess where PS Two sits. I might whack it at number one. He's only gone and done it. Oh, look at that. Kobe. (laughs) Swish. In 2022, PS2 is the highest selling console of all time with 159 million units. That's nuts. The only reason I guessed it to be number one is because I think it came in that era before people were buying like gaming laptops and making their own PCs before that was like mainstream. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's crazy though. It's unbelievable success that wouldn't have happened i don't think if we'd had the super nintendo entertainment system dash cd because it's just not yeah. as catchy a name <laughs> it's not playstation sounds way better because <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> so on uh, in the rest of that list top five nintendo ds 154 million game boy in its so this is after the ps2 obviously so number two is a nintendo ds game boy in i think multiple formats 119 million ps4 comes in at 117 million and the Nintendo Switch at 104 million. So there's still a strong Nintendo representation in the yeah, top Yeah, they're five. still killing it. Yeah, yeah, which is great and super nostalgic. It's like one of the classic gaming systems, but PlayStation just like just hit the nail on the head with PS1 and PS2 at the time. So yeah. good. Yeah. Another interesting fact is the Switch only made it into the top five this year, but it is quickly becoming the fastest home console. Oh, no, it was. It's already become is the fastest home console to reach 100 million sales. So it may continue to skyrocket. That's awesome. I really want one. And no this bigger time fun. for that. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me tell me what you learned in the world of console gaming. I learned at Sony, they had a meeting with a certain Mr. Gates, then oh, Bill. CEO of Microsoft. Oh, from computers. Yeah. And he wanted to develop an online gaming console. <laughs> Sorry. In the meeting, did he like point out his Leonardo book in the corner, like guys, look at that book for thirty million dollars. Let's talk about gaming. <laughs> you see that? That's that's what I'm playing with here. <laughs> look at my money. He wanted to make an online gaming console, and mm. Kutaragi, who was mm-hmm. the the guy in charge of PlayStation from the Nintendo days onwards, sure. The chairman of Sony told Bill Gates, "I don't control Kutagari." Basically, saying like he's going to do what he wants, and I'm going to let him. Well, if, you've, if you've made something that's that successful, just get it. Keep going. Right. And uh, Mr. Gates and Microsoft released the Xbox not long after that meeting as an attempt to rival them, which is not an unsuccessful attempt, but certainly not hit the heights. Wait, so, so why did they have a meeting? To, to collaborate or just to chat? Bill, Bill Gates wanted to create an online gaming console and wanted to do it with Sony. Oh, and, and this Mr. What's his name? Kutaragi. Mr. Kutaragi was like, nah, I'm PlayStation, bro. Get out of here. 
Yeah, he was like, I don't want to do that. I just want to keep making PlayStations. And Bill Gates was like, fine, I'm going to make an Xbox. And he was like, I don't know what an Xbox is. And he's like, well, you will soon. <laughs> and then they did because they released it, which is where you were going with that. Yeah. And then they released it as the rival, which I guess it is the rival with PlayStation. It like it's it's not like popular. it. Yeah, it's not like it was a flop. No. Xbox is, is, is done pretty well. But as you see, it didn't make it into the top five selling consoles of all time. So, yeah, I guess in that sense, it sucks. Eat shit, Mr. Gates. <laughs> Buddy. And then I got, I've got a few uh, Nintendo and game facts. I got some game things as well, so, so hit me with those. Let's do game stuff. All right. This is, this is what I found. This is re- you might find this really cool. All right. I found this on a Fun Facts video game website. You ready for this? Sounds legit. A video game, good start, mm. is an electronic game that uses interaction with a controller to generate visual feedback. That was their first fun fact. Isn't that good? Yeah, that sounds like a solid <laughs> definition to me. That's pretty fun. I feel fun. Do you feel fun? I immediately closed that website. Because they <laughs> I the get fun. the fuck out of here. <laughs> Mr. Barack Obama, during his first run for president, his team bought a billboard within uh-huh. the video game Burnout. Really? Which I thought was pretty cool. Burnout is a fun game. It's very fun. And now I want to replay it and see if I can see Obama's billboard. It says vote yes for change or something. Yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah. And my last one on video games is Pac-Man was originally going to be called (laughs) Puck-Man because he's a hockey puck. Makes sense. And obviously in Japan, they were like, cool, that's cool. And then at some point, someone was like, "Um, everyone is going to (laughs) vandalize that. And he's going to be called Fuck-Man for the first time. (laughs) I actually wrote, they were scared it would be vandalized into the hilarious fuck man. <laughs> that is not a kid-friendly game. Nope. <laughs> yeah, good call. Uh, so, I looked up classic PlayStation 1 games, and I only brought up the ones that sounded funny or that I personally give a shit about. Nice. The first one on the list, and the opposite to your Fun Facts website, this made me chuckle, is the Bishy Bashy Special Game. <laughs> Bishy Bashy? It's genuinely described... So, the name is Bishy Bashy. It's genuinely described as a button bashing game. <laughs> so, it's like... So, you just... You just smash buttons it. to... Yeah, I don't know. Sounds silly. Some of the first games, Street Fighter, Alpha, one of the original Spider-Man games. Oh, the, f- the first PlayStation Spider-Man games were actually really good. Yeah. The OG Time Crisis. Time Crisis is one of my favorite oh. arcade games of all time. That I don't game think, is so good. Yeah. I don't think it's as fun on console, but... It's pretty cool. The f- I saw screenshots of the first OG PlayStation One Time Crisis, and it's 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 like four pixels, <laughs> and somehow you have to shoot your way through it. It's amazing. Spyro the Dragon. Oh god, another classic. Yeah, pretty nostalgic good. episode here. Yeah, Tomb Raider. Ugh. And <laughs> so Lara Croft is rendered, and they they don't have enough pixels, and so she has an extremely pointy chest. She has triangular boobs, right? Straight 90s animation pyramids all up in there. I think Lara Croft was like the sexual awakening for a whole generation. (laughs) Wow, look at those pyramids. (laughs) Like straight points on the end. Anyway. Yeah. uh, There was a game called Parappa the Rapper. And it's quoted. Yeah, P A R A P P A. Parappa the Rapper. And it's quoted as being a brilliant source of canine rhymes. (laughs) And. The most relatable character to star in a video game. After all, his main concerns are getting a cute partner, learning how to drive, and desperately needing a poop. Look, they're not wrong. <laughs> I can relate to that. It happens. Gran Turismo 2. 
God, Gran Turismo, all good. Also, classic Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Ugh. Got me into a bunch of punk music. I love all the skating games because the soundtracks are just like classic punk. The soundtracks Great. are unreal. And Tony Hawk has made so much money off those yeah, games. That's the dream. Resident Evil, Metal Gear Solid, bunch of classics. It's amazing. Great time to be alive. Imagine playing those games for the first time on the first console. Ugh, one of the Ugh. first. Yeah, amazing. And then I was like, well, what were the first consoles? Because it wasn't PlayStation 1. No, it was like the Pong Atari or something. Yeah. So, ooh, ooh they'd be, someone would be mad at you for that. The first, <laughs> what is considered the first console was released in 1972, which is Whoa. wild. And had the coolest name. It was called the Magnavox Odyssey. Really cool. Very cool. It was wildly simple. So it was monochrome. It could display three dots, which were actually squares because of pixels, and one line of varying height. And you bought it, but it came with a bunch of like board game accessories as well. So some of because you can only move three dots and one line, you had to put a plastic overlay on your TV to make some games work. Like it would show a arena or something. Uh, I think that's pretty cool, actually. It is kind of cool. Pretty like retro. At the time, it would have been awesome. Like, here's your classic Monopoly. Put this on your TV and play with some lines. Whoa, thanks, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds terrible, but it's pretty cool. But being the first console, it invented a number of things that are now (laughs) state console staples. But I wrote staples. Like four horses. <laughs> <laughs> the first console stable with pixelated horses. No, first console staples. So it had individual detached controllers for separate players and the first removable game cartridges, like classic N64 cartridges that you had to blow in to get them to work when they're jammed up. Yeah. So cool. And it was basically a ping pong game was one of the games. And this actually inspired the Atari Home Pong, which became wildly popular and everyone knows what pong is you're bouncing a ball between like two sides of the screen trying to block it from going through your side with a a line or a paddle yeah obviously games have come far since then but hilariously enough this whole atari home pong thing spawned a number of lawsuits that went from the 70s all the way through to the mid 90s whoa right yeah 20 years of lawsuits yeah so the guys that created magnavox patented how their system showed player controlled objects on a video monitor and they also in their patents described some of their key games because there were only a few games at the time so they pretty much painted it at the time the whole market for consoles (laughs) yeah (laughs) dots and stuff on a screen and you control them that is our patent it's a great patent to get yeah got it sorted and so they basically sued a bunch of people including atari that were infringing upon their patent and even the judge ruled in their favor and called their paint or they said that their patent constituted, quote, the pioneering patent of the video game art. So it's pretty much just everything. <laughs> so everyone else making consoles at the time was in infringement of their patent. That's so wild. Yeah. So Atari settled out of court, paid $1.5 million and were granted a license to continue. So they paid for a license, basically. A bunch of other smaller companies made similar settlements. And yeah, some of these lawsuits went to the mid-90s. And overall, Magnavox won more than $100 million out of these patents because the first one was a precedent. Judge ruled in their favor, so all the other ones yeah. had to be paid out. That, those are good sales numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So the patents finally expired in the early 90s so everyone could get on with their goddamn lives and Magnavox could go back to, you know, obsolescence. Is that coincidentally when 
Sony got into the PlayStation game. Maybe didn't read into that. Could be a good yeah yeah good little good little thing because the N sixty four was before that, so they probably had to pay their thing. But yeah, it's crazy. Maybe Sony was like, I'm not going to pay to build something. I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, I'll just wait till this is sorted. And then yeah, in that time, a bunch of like so many different console style systems for companies that are around now and also bust with some either great or terrible names. So there was the Colco Telstar, which I think is quite a cool retro name. Then Atari Lynx, also pretty cool. And then the mm-hmm. NEC PC Engine CD-ROM. Not cool. Not catchy. Wouldn't buy. The Nokia N-Gage, like N-Gage. Pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Tectoy Mega Drive. And then all the Sega game, Sega consoles, the Pico, the Sega Dreamcast, Saturn, Genesis, Mega Drive. I think they're all they're like some oh, of the most names. classic first consoles. Yeah, uh, what was that? Dream, you say Dreamcast? Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. yeah. It's like games like Sonic and stuff on it. Very cool. Yeah. I remember our cousins had, it might have been the Dreamcast. It was one of the Sega consoles when we went over to visit them in the UK once. And I just played a bunch of that. I was like, wow, this is amazing. They also had a PS1, oddly enough. This, <laughs> all these things that I didn't have. This is the life. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we weren't allowed to have PlayStations growing up, and my two brothers secretly bought a PS2. Really? That they, they hid, and they unpacked it. Obviously, I'm watching. I'm yeah. a little kid, like, so en- enamored by this thing. And they gave me the, the trash to throw away, the like, the cardboard uh-huh. box, and I just went and put it in the, in the rubbish <laughs> bin. And then obviously, mom, mom gets home, opens it, and is PlayStation like- PlayStation 2. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so secret. Gets, gets mad at them, and then they get mad at me. <laughs> you deserved it. You did bad. That's the PlayStation 2 that you inherited That's crazy. And then I either sold or gave back to you. I don't know where it is now. We got rid of it somehow. What else you got for me? I got three things that I thought were interesting about Nintendo. It's not even what the the main learning is about, but that's fine. Tell me about Nintendo. (laughs) You did a whole thing on Manila. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So this was as of 2014. I'm not sure where they stand now. But they had enough money in the bank that they could make a $250 million a year loss for 40 years what? and still be in business. That's how much cash they had. That's not like value of the stock yeah, and like investments and properties. That's money in the bank. Cash. That's crazy. Yeah. Which is Great job. nuts. The man, whose name is Gunpai Yokoi, Excellent. who created Donkey Kong, Ooh. Metroid, and the Game Ooh. Boy... Big resume. Yeah. He was a member of Nintendo's janitorial staff. Damn. Um, Initially, I assume. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Still. He got promoted to work on the assembly line. And in his spare time, it says he tinkered with like video games and gaming products on his own. And it says that executives quickly noticed his brilliant mind and he was quickly promoted. That's crazy. So he was inventing game stuff just on his own. Yeah. So he obviously was like some kind of gaming genius. Yeah, and uh, he good, good on them being like, hey, here's some money. Don't be a janitor anymore. Stay with our company so we can sell these games. Please don't go somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> he he was in a minor car accident. Oh. He then stepped out to inspect the damage. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Stepped out to inspect the damage <laughs> and it was hit by another car. <laughs> oh, no. Is that how he died? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Very unfortunate. Oh, that's devastating. Road uh, safety kids. Have, yeah. I have another great retro gaming throwback for us. Please. Goldeneye. Oh, such a good game. Oh, my goodness. It's one of the goats for sure. It's got to be my like top five or three best games ever. And the multiplayer feature, right? That's what Mm -hmm. we all played. 
mm-hmm. on, on those maps. I don't think is, I ever played the single player. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever did either. Was an afterthought. They almost That's didn't wild. release it with multiplayer. In fact, the team that worked on it worked on it in secret because Nintendo didn't think it was worth it. So they worked on it on their own time and added it to the game in secret as an experiment. And then that, luckily it was shipped with multiplayer and the rest is history. That is crazy. And that is just like an excellent inter-episode segue because my last few things are highly successful products that almost didn't make it. Oh, love it. Let's go. WD-40. Oh, that is a highly successful product. The name literally derives from the fact that it was the 40th attempt by the designer to create a successful degreaser and rust protection solvent. Oh, love the commitment. Yeah, it's a, a lot of effort. Now it yeah. fixes literally everything you could possibly imagine. Like, give me a problem. Yeah. I will find you a WD-40 solution. Uh, wife's having an affair. <laughs> WD-40 all over that. It's not, <laughs> it's not even difficult. But <laughs> uh, it's a great product, though. I wouldn't have it is. a shed without it. Yeah, it is an amazing product. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Huge fan, WD-40. Bubble wrap. <laughs> Ooh. Apparently, this was originally planned as a sick new wallpaper in the 60s. Oh, that is such a 60s thing to do. <laughs> so stupid. Can you imagine? And now it's used for entertaining kids. Yeah. Among other things. Entertaining me. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that as a wallpaper, though? Like, come on. It would be cool in, like, for a one retro second. attempting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it would look retro, but... In the same way that in people in the 60s, how they imagine the future to look. And it'll be yeah. like, oh, cool. wow. And then Bubbly like, plastic. Once, <laughs> once it's all popped, you're like, so now I just have like clean plastic wrap on my wall. It, now I could just kill someone in here and then clean it up real easy. Yeah. <laughs> Walls covered in plastic. Very murdery. Very Dexter. I guess the bubbles make it more fun. <laughs> it's a fun murder. Yeah. If I was going to kill someone, I'd use bubble wrap as the protecting. Oh, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. Back on the Nintendo topic, probably should have led with this one. In the mid-80s, there was apparently something called the video game Crash. <laughs> Some people were not into it for a bit. I don't know. I uh, didn't look it up. So Atari, huge company from when they started with Pong, their whole console sector went broke at the time. Nintendo's NES, which I think just stands for Nintendo Entertainment System, was a commercial failure at the time and things were looking pretty grim. Is this the, the desert thing? Uh, nope. Okay, you go, and I'll... I'll add. <laughs> okay, then tell me about deserts. <laughs> so it was all not looking very good. And then Nintendo introduced the cheeky characters called Mario and Luigi. And oh, as you awesome. said before, the rest is history. Imagine being the guy that came up with them. I hope he's very wealthy. He probably stepped out of an airplane and got hit by another airplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. fuck. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> off, off the runway into another landing plane. <laughs> Oh, shit. That was good. Thanks. Tell me about deserts. (laughs) Well, I think I read today that Nintendo's first Mario and like their canon was Mario and Luigi's dad. And then Mario and Luigi came along. So he he wasn't popular. I think he was probably part of this crash. Yeah, maybe. Uh, So the desert, the crash. Um, Atari (laughs) released a game called E.T. Extraterrestrial that Mm -hmm. was a commercial and critical utter failure. Good. And there was a myth, an urban legend in the in the gaming world that they had just taken all the games and braided them in the desert. They'd be like, fuck it, we just, we'll get rid of them all. Oh, really? <laughs> and then someone scraped together some money for a crew and got permission from the New Mexico government uh-huh. and went to the desert and dug up a bunch of games and they were there. Really? <laughs> yeah, they only found, that legend had it that 
In fact, I think Atari admitted that they buried 700,000 games. They only dug up 2,000. As in because they had excess stock that wasn't selling, so they needed to dump it somewhere. Yeah, so they just buried it in the desert. (laughs) It's ridiculous. (laughs) And then it was like this legend of like, you can go out and find a million of this like terrible game that is now so popular because it's so terrible because it's missing. Yeah, that urban urban legend myth popularization thing. That's wild. Yeah. Great addition. Thanks. Oh, thanks. A few other things that almost didn't make it. Dyson, which is apparently the be all and end all of vacuums now. Everyone I know that's cool has a Dyson. I think I have like an off-brand one because I don't want to spend the money. Look, maybe we need to trison the Dyson. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you die, son. (laughs) (laughs) Good. So, James Dyson tested 5,271 prototypes before he got it right. Whoa. That is a lot. Make a vacuum that was real good. Took Uh, that long? And once he got it sorted... Still, no one wanted to license and manufacture it for him. So, he had to further invest himself to get his own manufacturing up in 1993. Uh, and now he's the biggest name in vacuuming globally. I, uh, I just Googled his net worth. Do you want to have a, have a guess? Uh, ooh, uh, uh, 800 million. 10 billion. <laughs> oh, James. Good job. He deserves it. Took him long enough. He, looks, he also looks like a guy that would invent a high-quality vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I don't know I why. Mean, it just has I that look about that means. it. Next on the list, Wheaties. 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 Wheaties, the cereal. So apparently a worker <laughs> accidentally dropped some bran gruel. Like, shit, yes, let's manufacture some bran gruel. Someone will buy that. Mm. <laughs> they were manufacturing at the Washburn Crosby Company. Dropped it onto a stove and it crackled and tasted delicious. So 36 attempts later... They had a marketable product that is now eaten by millions. It would taste delicious to the person who's making gruel. Yeah, that's like, hooray, something that tastes a bit less shit than gruel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Lloyd, here we go again. Can't beaties the Wheaties. What? Nothing? I'm doing what rhymes just- with the products. Try some Oh, Dyson. we're doing one for every single yeah, one? Yeah, okay, can't sorry. beaties the Wheaties. It's fine. Yeah, Don't worry about it. It's pretty good. Thanks. I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting you to turn up the Heaties. <laughs> God damn it, stop being better than me. Uh, I'm about to turn up the heaties. Next up, microwave ovens. Oh, what a great accidental segue. Yeah, we're crushing it this episode. There was an engineer for the company Raytheon, great company name, still exists. Yep. He was fiddling with microwave tubes for military radar systems. Uh, as you do, you know, just fiddle with a few tubes. And he accidentally melted the chocolate bar in his pocket. And he was like, this seems like a thing. Created the first microwave oven in 1947. It was a little worse than they are now. It was five foot tall and cost five grand. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. But they managed to figure it out. And now microwaves, I, I can't, you can't even imagine life without one. No, I'm going to use one for dinner tonight because yeah, my perfect. wife is away and I'm alone. But you know, Lloyd, 5K, sometimes you just got to pay Theon for the Raytheon. It's good. Yep. That was, I think that was your best one, especially because I'd already forgotten again that's what you were doing. So I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> Perfect. And finally, post it notes. I'm trying and, to think of Ryan. <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> so some bloke called Spencer Silva, another great name, was working at the company 3M in 1968, and he was trying to create a super adhesive for the aerospace industry, a mega glue, if you will. Ooh. However, he failed hard. And ended up with a product that was a very weak, pressure-sensitive adhesive that no one gave a shit about. 
Yeah, post-it notes. I would never describe them as mega sticky. Yeah. Can you imagine coming up, like, having such a goal and falling just, like, so far short of it? Yeah. Like, great job. So, he probably, I don't know, he probably killed himself. Uh, but <laughs> s- yes. maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Is that that funny? Could- no, it's because it's the first rhyme that I thought of as well. What? Just say it. What did I say? You said he killed himself. I'm assuming that you're going to say something about it being a ghost it. <laughs> no, that's excellent. Oh, I thought that's exactly where you were going. Not at all. I was just, I was just thought I was being a bit, ah, great job. Yeah, ghost it. So, you just, without, without, without a rhyme coming Assumed up, you just he thought himself. he killed himself. <laughs> oh, no. Now I look oh, bad. Well, yeah. Anyway, I say that because six years later, a different person who is also working at 3M called Arthur Fry, uses this weak adhesive that for some reason is still hanging around. Like, he must have made a bunch of it and been like, well, this sucks before he topped himself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was using it on the back of some small bits of paper to use as a bookmark because it was just about stick to the pages, but it wouldn't ruin them because it's not a big glue because it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) This guy made the worst fucking glue. He really sucked at it. Yeah. Um, The more I think about it, he tried to make a glue that you could use in aerospace. Yeah. Uh, he made post-it note glue yeah uh so he pitches the idea and this is where my way less good rhyme than yours came in he was boasting about the post (laughs) it (laughs) ghost it's was like levels above oh i really thought that's where you were going i really wish it was (laughs) anyway this is six years after the initial product he has the idea to turn it into an actual product Five years of rejection and further pitching to management. Seven years further of development. And they finally created what we now know as the post-it. Wow. Imagine being one of the guys that was rejecting it. Yeah. And it's now one of the top five selling office supply products in the world. Wow. That's nuts. Big nuts. Did old mate that killed himself, is, does he get credit? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's dead. I'd, he could still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a listener. What's his <laughs> name? I'm not dead. Um, <laughs> Spencer Silva. That's a good Oh, my God. He died last year. (laughs) He almost made it. Is that actually Spencer Ferguson Silva III, which is an even better name. Did he die a wealthy man? He is credited with having devised the adhesive that Arthur Fry used to create post-it notes. So, he wasn't- Okay. He gets credit. Yeah, he wasn't cut out of it. Arthur Fry is also a pretty good name. Yeah, pretty good. They actually also look very similar. That's weird. (laughs) We sure it's not the same guy? (laughs) He was so ashamed that he made up a story that he killed himself, came back as Arthur Fry, (laughs) got it sorted. That's it. That's the end of, what was the beginning of this topic? PlayStation pretending to be Nintendo. (laughs) That's good. That was a good segment. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Went through a lot of things. Write us a letter. Send us some snail mail. Twout us if if you feel so inclined. If we're going to receive such feedback, Lloyd, how, how does it occur? You can twout upon us at mm-hmm. the UCS pod. You can gram us at the UCS podcast. Or you can email us at the UCS podcast at gmail.com. And we're, and we're on YouTube. Ah, apparently, we're going to make a bunch of videos. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't happened yet since the last time I said that. It will. It will. Ooh, jinx. Perfect. Another great unintelligent chat show. We will speak to y'all next week. Cheerio.